Hey y'all and good morning. It is 5.25 a.m. August 17th, 2023, which makes it a early as Thursday. Good morning. So I went to go see Talk To Me last week. A lot, I know a lot of people have been talking about that movie because it's fucking bomb. I'm just going to go ahead and spill the fucking beans right up front. <clears throat> this movie is pretty fucking cool. Um, we in the horror community know there has not been any delights for real when it comes to the movies nowadays in our beloved genre. Um, I think we got a fair amount of excitement when it came from movies like Terrifier, especially Terrifier 2 for the people that's been rocking with him. Mr. Arthur Clown and Damien Leon himself, we've been uh, kind of on that type of high because that is horror that really hasn't been seen before. Um, really because our main character, which is the killer, was, uh, was a unique individual. You know, we weren't getting the same shit like a thousand and one the nuns in movies that smell like that. You know, false ass jump scares, showing the whole movie in the trailers. Horror lately has been lacking. Let's be honest. So when I seen the trailer for Talk To Me, I did not want to, um, I didn't want to hype it up to the point where I'm like, yo, I'm going to see this movie and then if the movie isn't great, I'm going to be highly disappointed and it's going to make me be like, well, goddamn, why is horror so bad right now? Um, because nobody really creative is coming, you know, coming up with anything good, obviously. But that's neither here nor there because this movie talked to me. It, it did what it was supposed to do. And I enjoyed it a whole lot more than I thought I would, which is why I kind of start going into movies with low expectations. I'm like, you know what? This movie has a 50-50 chance for me to like it. Um, I'm not even going to hope it's something you know, we're just going to see what it is. And I feel like when you go in just like, eh, whatever, then uh, you come out a lot more pleased, you know. And I was thoroughly pleased with this movie. So, talk to me. Released 2002. Sorry, 2022. But more currently released for us over here in the States, I believe, um, just this year. Right over the summer, so uh, hopefully you got a chance to go out and see it. I am a bit late doing this review, so it may not be in theaters. I really, 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 really wanted to go see it a second time in theaters, but never got around to it. So I actually just can't wait until it comes back out. Not back out, but out on streaming. I'll definitely be, um, definitely be eating that up. So this movie was directed by Michael Filippo. And Danny Philippe, hopefully I said their last names right. I'm pretty sure I fucking didn't. But guys, you can come and talk to me and we can straighten it out, you know. Um, they are twins. I believe they are from Australia. That's why we get these characters um, with these heavy accents. They're supposed to be from Adelaide, Australia, I believe. That name, Adelaide, is absolutely beautiful. Um, but yeah. 
You call, they'll answer. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. So this is a possession movie. Um, and we all know we get a lot of possession movies. Even going to see this movie, we were seeing the new, um, uh uh-oh, the new Exorcist that's supposedly supposed to be coming out shortly. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it because I have lost interest in, uh, In possession movies. Um, I feel like movies that deal with the typical ghost and things of that nature aren't really, um, aren't really my thing. I like head horror, so mental horror, you know, odd and weird and like, oh, what the fuck kind of horror. So, uh, this surprisingly was a little bit of all of what I just said. So I'm on Letterboxd right now. L-E-T-T-R-B-O-X-D dot com. This is a social platform for you to log your films that you watch, give it reviews, see what other people are, people are watching, and, you know, check out some stuff. Find some new things to watch. So me, I am Black Taz. On this platform, spelled just as it sounds, Black Taz. So, what did I say on Letterbox? I kind of did um, a few different reviews. I did one on Letterbox, then I did two separate um, takes of notes. So, I'm going to be reading from all three. Um, Because this movie really deserves to be talked about. Um, And hopefully I'll feel even better about it. You know, even more excited about it when I watch it again. Because of course I'll actually pick up some things and understand some things. And let me take a sip of this water. (laughs) Y'all good? I'm good, too. Let's go. So I said, I appreciate this movie. It very much so gave us Hereditary and the Sixth Sense. The fact that these teens were getting a high from being possessed by random spirits was an interesting aspect of it. They literally lacked all types of common sense and psychotic behavior. Schizophrenia began to take over our main character, Mia, to the point where what she saw wasn't actually there because she was the one doing the things, such as chewing on the ex-boyfriend's foot and stabbing the dad. So in this movie, we've seen a fair amount of scenes that um, were just odd. And this is why I appreciate horror like this because, yes, it will give you some of the typical things, But at the same time, it gave us something that kind of made us feel weird inside, you know. And the part where she was chewing on the boyfriend's foot, 
we seen the spirit, the ghost or whatever, chewing on the boyfriend's foot. Turns out it was really her. And so you just, off the rip, you just like, oh, yeah, bitch, you didn't did it now because something is not right. You're literally switching back and forth in dimensions. You're switching from inside of your body and outside of your body because you got another spirit or entity or whatever inside of your body. And now she's causing havoc and running around crawling and chewing on this boy's foot while he sleep. Like his whole foot was in her mouth. Like, I'm like, did... Did she have to put his his foot in her mouth for real? That had to be a fake foot because I don't. Th- this movie was given some kink. It was given some fetish. So we gonna leave it right there. <clears throat> the so-called spirit of her mother was just another illusion, albeit an evil one. One that would continually try to take the life of the already broken Riley. The ending made me smile because the cycle must go on and the mental eruption must be spread. Mia became aware of the surrounding darkness as she lay plastered to the pavement. She was soon attracted to the glow as if she were a misguided moth. And it led to another body to take over. Now, I know that last little sentence because I very much so uh, typed this uh, in a bit of a whirlwind. You know, we got a bunch of thoughts and things on your mind and you're trying to get it out as fast as you can. And so a lot of it is like a big ass run on sentence. It's giving a little bit of that, but what the fuck ever. <laughs> um so the ending is what really made me smile. And, and honestly, the ending made me want to see this movie again. And it's also going to force me to give this movie a higher rating. Um, the ending was perfect. Everything came back around. So yes, yes indeed, Mia was possessed. And she had been struggling with the entity that was, you know, trying to consume her completely for... Pretty much the majority of the movie. And so it came to a point where she's like, yo, I have to beat this thing. Uh, and that's really only to sacrifice myself, which is why she jumped. Um, I don't understand. Well, I guess I'm gonna say, I don't understand why she thinks she would live through something like that. Well, maybe she could have. Maybe she was just trying to slow the entity down and not kill him. But she was awfully surprised um, to find that she was now deceased. And I knew it was all bad when she got into the hospital and nobody could hear her. That's the first sign of something is not right in the universe that you thought you were in. When when you calling out dad dad when you calling out to people in the space that you're in and she's in a hospital so I mean you know if you call they gonna come and you calling out to everybody and nobody is answering you because are you really there you're there but you are now 
pretty much behind a glass wall in a different dimension where you can't really control things in the other universe. You know, some people will see you and some people won't. Uh, some people will feel a presence and some people will shake that presence off and keep it moving. So I knew everything was all bad when the, you know, she's calling out, no one hears her. And then you see the lights go off in each direction of the hallway. And it was like, yeah, babe, you done did it. Because first and foremost, you fucked up Riley. And here's my thing about this. Mia has zero boundaries. I get it. Your mother passed away. And now you are clinging on to other people's families and siblings. And you are literally intruding. Because when we first see these two friends... Um, I can't even remember what her, her, her best friend was, but when she was around her best friend, her best friend was like, ugh, was like kind of annoyed by her. You feel me? She's like, dude, I need some space. I need you to leave me the fuck alone. That's exactly what I was getting from her attitude. Her best friend was like, you just up under my skin. I need you to go on somewhere. Leave me alone. But. Mia had a very interesting um, relationship with the younger brother. The little the little car scene, it was cute. Um, it was cute. It kind of made me feel like Riley, which is his name. Um, it made me feel like maybe he was struggling with his sexuality. And I say that. Because I put that scene in the scene when, where Riley and his friend was sitting on the curb with the cigarette and having that whole little conversation. Um, it kind of gave me that he was trying to be a lot more manly than he was because he's not necessarily super masculine, you know? So maybe his, his, uh, his sexuality had maybe been looked at, which is why he was trying to act manly, you know, more masculine, um, and which is also why he got himself extremely fucked up. So this movie is pretty much solely about peer pressure, which is why we see the cigarette scene, you know, from Riley and his friend, peer pressure. Peer pressure. What will give the illusion of something you're not? If I'm around all these boys and these older men and these people, and they're looking at me, they're looking at me as like a girly boy, like soft, a baby, you know, a child. What can I do to step the fuck up and show them that, yes, I may be younger than you guys, but I'm also just as much as a man as you other boys in here. So a lot of peer pressure going around and just the need to be liked. Um, hmm. Mm, mm, mm. 
the fact that they, these kids were getting high off of being possessed was something that I never really thought about because typically when you look at possessions and even when you see different religions and whatnot and they go through their spiritual courtship of where they are being possessed by whatever spirit that they are worshiping and giving love to, it's a very violent deal. So it doesn't look like it feels good even when you come out of it, even when they come out of these possessions. And I'm speaking on real life possessions. It does not seem like that's something that they are willingly wanting to continue to do over and over and over again if they don't have to do it. So the fact that these kids was getting high and being possessed, I was just like, wow, really? This is where we at. This is our future. Kids are doing the most because there's there's like no limit anymore. And that's what also I got from this movie. There's no limit. There's a certain generation where it started and ended to where there was there were boundaries. They were there were limits to things that you were going to do that you weren't going to do. We've jumped over fucking hurdles. These motherfucking teens, tweens, kids, whomever, whatever. They're going above and beyond to like poo-poo on life because they don't take anything serious, which is why Riley got fucked up. So let's talk about my theater experience. Um, this was a full crowd. Like the theater was packed. There were not many seats available. The crowd was into it. Um, I was just surprised to see that there were, there was a big show out from this movie. Um, it was a Tuesday. It was at like, I don't fucking know, like 6, 7 p.m. on a Tuesday. And it was packed. And it made me feel good because I'm like, this is what horror is about, bringing the people out. And hopefully they enjoy this experience because anytime we see A24, let's be real, anytime we see A24 has any parts of a movie, we are just instantly like, oh yeah, let's get into it. Because A24 doesn't let up. It does not let up. So, I was, I was like super happy to see people show up for this movie. Super, super happy. It made me feel good. And I'm just like, hell yeah, we here for it. So, I want to go over a couple things that stood out to me in this movie. So, hmm. The character of Daniel, which was the ex-boyfriend and the current boyfriend, his character was so motherfucking stale. It was like stale-ass white bread. It was stale. He was like an etch-a-sketch character. He, he was very replaceable. 
he was just very gray. Um, and I say gray meaning bland. It was like, he was just, I feel like always on the fence. I feel like the only, um, recognizable thing from our ex-boyfriend and boyfriend Daniel is the fact that he got possessed and he had a very awkward experience with the spirit that took over his body and a dog and the floor. Um, that was a very uncomfortable scene and I absolutely loved it because it's like, yo, this is what it's about. It's not about fucking 10,000 jump scares and just just some old dumb scream shit where we just stabbing folks 10 million times and they're still walking and moving and doing the robot and doing all this extra shit. No, we're going to give you just odd experiences for something like this that could possibly happen because what do you know? So when he got possessed, he got extremely horny. The spirit pretty much told him that the girlfriend that he was with, that is currently his girlfriend, doesn't do it for him. She keeps him soft. Yeah. But Mia, which is the ex-girlfriend, which is all of this love triangle shit, is pretty odd. Um, yeah. But uh, the spirit said that Mia turned him on and turned him on she did because he was making noises. He was squirming around, moving around, looking around. He got on the goddamn floor and it was humping it. And then the dog came in and he was tongue kissing the dog. And, and I'm talking about tongue kissing the dog to the point where it's like, yo, is he gonna pull his pants down? Are we gonna, are, are, are we gonna see some, some interaction with genitals? No, we're not gonna see that. I know they're not gonna go this far because he started pulling that dog closer and I started to get hella nervous. I'm like, I don't know if this crowd is ready to see what I think you about to show. But they didn't. I forgot how we snapped out, but they snapped his ass out because they didn't want to see him get molested and raped by the dog. But who was molesting who at that point? That scene was gross. And of course, everybody is filming it, which was another key moment in this movie. Everything is all about, um, what is it, the Gen X, Gen Z's mentality of always wanting to fucking record everything because nothing is real you know it, it you gotta get it on camera you gotta get it on camera like everything has to be recorded and everything has to be shared um everything is all about illusion and clout and how popular or less popular or less liked you are this movie was very much so high school. So, what else we got in these notes then? Okay, so the characters, excuse my outside, y'all. Excuse my outside. Thank you. So the characters in this movie were extremely um, relatable. 
Everyone had that moment. Well, I'm pretty sure a lot of us have had that moment where we walked into a party and we are kind of unsure if we should really be there. Now, my thing was, I look at Mia and she looks like a pretty fucking cool girl just by her hairstyle and her accessories and her clothes and just her attitude, period. It made me seem like she wasn't the type of girl that was kind of shunned away from and I guess the only reason why she was shunned away is because maybe her her mom killed herself or or supposedly killed herself, which probably gave people around her or who, you know, maybe went to school with her, maybe a bad taste in their mouth. But I'm like, yeah, I don't necessarily believe nobody just doesn't like this girl, especially for no reason. She was fucking pretty cool. Um... But going to a party and you can just tell you're not really wanted there. And we've seen that kind of instantly. It, it seemed like to me the roles should have been reversed. Mia should have been the best friend because I look at the best friend and be like, okay, now I would get why they kind of shun her out because she seems kind of super quiet and... Um, not really into doing stuff. She seems like a tattletale, maybe. But Mia seems like, hell yeah, let's go, I'm down. But I take that as if she's only down because, again, she just wants to be liked. And the thinking is, why do you want to be liked by people who don't like you? Why do you want to win their attention and admiration. Hmm. Something to think about, huh? <laughs> so the look and the characteristics of our deceased people, I felt like was kind of typical. I kind of expected it to be a lot more interesting looking. But it just gave us a bunch of makeup and a lot of uh, bloating. I did like the water noises that we would constantly, constantly hear throughout the movie. Um, I did enjoy that. Um, now, the characteristics, once the possessed was actually possessed, once the entity entered one of the teen's spirits, I mean, one of their bodies or whatever, I did like the little things that they were doing. Each entity had its own thing that it was doing. He said, you know, one was horny, one was all wet and bloated and basically still drowning and not knowing what's going on. Then we have one that was like singing in a different language and just having a good old grand old time. I definitely enjoyed the different characteristics and the things that were going on when the spirits were inside. Um, but the look, eh, the look was kind of so-so. The look was kind of so-so. But the sound, like, this is when I actually realized that movies actually pay attention to the sound. Um, and not all movie has kind of the same sound setup. This movie was so perfect in a theater. 
which is why I wanted to go see it again because it was so much stuff in the background. I had to look around like, hold on, is somebody whispering in here? Like, what's going on? It was different whispers and water noises and droplets and this, that, and the third going on to the left. And then it was different things going on to the right, all in the background while stuff was going on um, in front of us on the screen. Like, it was just a lot of sensory going on that I really, really, really appreciated. The, the slaps and the hits with the pillows and the banging of the head and the different things like that. The, as the knife is coming out of the, I don't know what they call that, the wood block that you get your knives out of. Just every single noise had its own characteristic, had its own detail in its sound. It sounded fucking amazing. So real quick, let's go over this first, our very first scene. This is how I knew the movie was going to be okay. That it was going to be, you know, worth coming out to see. We see a wild party going on. Never seen this before. Mom is in the kitchen whipping up snacks in the midst of this wild ass party. We got kids, teens, whatever, everywhere doing stuff. Um, we see that something's going on with the brother. We got to get the brother up out of the room. He's tripping. He breaks the door down, goes into the brother, carries him out. I don't know where the fuck he was about to take him, but it sure wasn't far before he realized that nobody was going. The brother took the knife out. <sighs> Stabbed the brother without any thought. There was it was just, it just happened. It just happened, and you heard it. And then when you think, okay, is he done? Because my thing is, while he's being stabbed, I'm pretty sure everybody just stood around with their phones and recorded. So they obviously know that this brother who was locked up in the room is a little off, which is why he's not enjoying this fucking bomb-ass party with his mom. As soon as he gets pulled out of the room, they pull their phones out because I guess he's a legend. Hmm, maybe because of this fucked up ass embalmed hand. Um, and once the other brother gets stabbed, they just, I think they just stood there and just recorded. Maybe I'm wrong, but they didn't start running. At least I didn't see them start running until the brother just stabbed himself directly in the face. And I'm just like, yeah, this movie's about to be something serious because if they start you off like that, they're just letting you know, this is what we're about to do for the next hour or so of this movie. You're here now. Buckle up. Be prepared. Wake the fuck up. You know? I appreciated that. I definitely appreciated that. So... <sighs> Just looking over my nose. So did the mother drown in the tub? We heard a lot of water sounds from not only um, the big bloated lady, but we would hear the water sounds from the mom. So I'm thinking, did the mother drown herself or did the father actually drown her? 
But then we did see a scene where the father had to like break down the door to get to the mother. So then it made me think, well, nobody really had a hand in her death except the mom. So did she drown? Hmm. This movie is extremely purposeful, very purposeful. It had a meaning. It had multiple meanings, you know. Kids will get high off of anything. This day and age, something something can be turned into a bad influence. Too much social media can be bad. Peer pressure is obviously bad. But peer pressure is getting to the point now where we're not just daring people to... Uh, um, have sex anymore oh if you're you can't graduate high school if you haven't had sex and just little stuff like that that used to be the peer pressure for back in the day or having a hit of weed and didn't even know what fucking weed looked like um peer pressure has gotten to the point where we are now fucking with the afterlife we go from yeah, I dare you to sleep in the grave for the night. To now we are actually being possessed by actual spirits. And they are just coming in and out of our body. And we just not thinking nothing of it. If something like that is taking place, that is something you're not supposed to be utilizing. Oh, willy-nilly. I thought we learned this from Insidious. And yes, this movie reminded me of Insidious. But I feel like Talk To Me might be a bit better. I did see Insidious The Red Door and I was not impressed. No. But Talk To Me, it did its job and... um. It really kind of shook me up, not in a scary way, but it shook me up because it kept me awake and it kept me kind of on the edge of my seat because I'm like, man, what's going to happen now? What they going to do now? I feel like one of my favorite scenes was when Riley's finally in the hospital because he's fucked himself up and we haven't even talked about what he did. So once he got possessed because... Let's go back a little bit. The beginning of the movie when they did the embalming hand thing at the first party, a spirit came out and basically said, he likes you. He's he's basically watching you. He wants you. Meaning, and they were pointing at Riley, behind Riley, because there was a entity behind Riley who was waiting to take over his body. Waiting to take over his body. So I believe this is the second party. Which is why I fucking said Mia don't got no boundaries. Because bitch, you can't be saying what my brother can and can't do. That's my little brother. You only a friend. You not blood. You don't know what's best for him. And I don't know why you would think it would be okay for my little brother. For you to say yes, he can do this. When I said no, he shouldn't. Mish had no right to tell Riley to go on ahead and play the game. Fuck that. No, 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 no. 
Riley shouldn't even ask. But I figured he would. But I figured somebody would have the sense enough to be like, nah, man, he's a kid, kid. And um, he may not be strong enough to come back from this shit. And we see that he sure was not. Because as soon as he got possessed, he gone ahead and pretend he was uh, Mia's mom. They had a little sweet moment. Then his, his chair slid over violently to the other side of the room behind a desk and he just began to do some hereditary shit and smash his head repeatedly against the desk or dress or whatever the fuck that was that was in front of him he smashed his face up smashed it up smashed it up bam 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 just smashed it up <clears throat> now he's in the hospital now he's in the shower I guess his his real self came through a little bit, but the spirit took him back under and started cracking his head on the cement. I mean, on the tile floor in the bathtub, cracking his head. Just cracking his head. Blood everywhere. And then he goes to lick the blood. That, I thought, was very, very disturbing. It was a nice touch. I'm throwing out all type of movies that I felt once I seen certain scenes. So when I seen that blood licking up scene, I instantly thought um, Freddy Krueger. That's a Freddy Krueger move if I've ever seen one. So uh, back to my favorite part because I went in a whole nother thing, but I had to take y'all down that road to get to this. One. So my favorite part was when we see that Mia thinks possessing herself again and doing this thing where they're going to unpossess Riley. They take the hand to the hospital, hospital bed. We put Riley's dead hand pretty much on this other dead hand. And we say, talk to me, let me in. We see this little girl on top of the bed. And she's like, I know where Riley's at. I'll take you, blah, 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 blah. And so what happens is a reverse. The little girl grabs on to Mia's hand and she says, basically, I let you in. And I thought it was sweet as fuck. I thought that was so neat how they did that. It was a switch reversal. So she got to come in. Mia got to see what was on the other side as a human or whatever but going through with a spirit. I hope I said that right, and I hope y'all fucking get what I'm talking about. If not, just go see the movie, and you'll you'll fully understand. Um, so Mia goes into the spirit world, and she sees Riley is pretty much being, like, molested and tortured and ripped apart. Like, everybody's, everybody is naked and wet, and bloody, and things are flashing around, and there's moans, and screams, and just like hell is going on right there, and that's what Riley is going, Riley's spirit is going through as his body is being possessed by another entity, that was a scene that I was like, bravo, Bravo. I mean, the movie was really, really good. Now, 
hopefully when I go back to see it again, I still feel the same way. But I just left the movie theater and I was just like, man, I can talk about this movie for a little bit. Because it was, it's got a couple different moving pieces that can be discussed. And uh, I enjoy it. I definitely enjoy it. So I appreciate the mom in this movie. I like how we are getting these Gen Z, Gen X moms that are full of the no bullshit policy. This mom was just like, yo, I know this is what y'all doing. I know this is what y'all about. I've been there. I've done that. Don't fuck with me. Blah, 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 blah. Be safe. Where the party at? Don't play with me. Fuck around and find out. Just a bunch of stuff. Like, she reminded me the mom of the mom in Terrifier 2 who was just like, I'm not about the games. I'm a mom. I'm a working mom. I'm a hard mom. Y'all going to listen to me. Y'all going to respect me. Y'all ain't about to get one over on me. So I feel like the the moms we are seeing in the horror movies are are very A1. I appreciate it. You know, they're not just your, we're going to run over mom type or what we tend to see in horror movies, um, a mom that is always boozy, you know. Um, but we got some hardcore-ass moms in these, these new horror films, Terrifier 2, and Talk to Me. The moms ain't playing no games. So... A little note that I had was possession and social media, the era of not taking anything serious, so risky behavior becomes spread solely to be seen, only to share more risky behavior. I'm pretty sure y'all get that. People post shit for clout, for attention, so they can feel important. Um, so they can showcase some type of bad behavior, risky behavior, because they're not taking stuff seriously. And so they, they share that and make other people want to get in on this behavior. So that is a lot of what this movie was giving us. Um, you know, <sighs> with each generation, it will always be something, right? But I definitely recommend this movie, especially in the theater if you can get to one, because it is one of those movies where the sound will definitely fuck you up in in a good way. Very, 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 very good way. Um, they They did their job when they did that sound to link up with everything. Yeah, yeah, emotions, not your, well, yeah, your emotions, even though I didn't feel sorry for anybody in this movie, though. I didn't necessarily have a a connection with anyone in this film, because it was just like, eh, fuck the, fuck the two, the two kids who were the jock and the, the tough chick, I don't know what the fuck who kept bringing the hand everywhere and just showing this shit like it's something to do and it's cool. And then eventually you're going to get somebody fucked up. And I'm 
you know, and come to find out this is why the first dude that we seen with the knife who stabbed not only himself but his brother, he was fucked up off that hand. Spreading around bad business, risky behavior, shit that shouldn't even be played with. The story was wise and the ending was better. The ending was absolutely amazing. Um, and that's all on my notes. I didn't plan for this to be super long, but I also wanted to give this movie its due diligence in how I really, really felt about it. I gave myself about, uh, I think it's been like two weeks since I've seen it. I gave myself pretty much that whole time to kind of just sit with it, ponder it. Um, I kind of wanted to get other people's take and insight on it. And so, which is why I guess you guys are getting this pretty late. But so what? I'm here. You hear me, right? You listening, right? Right? Yeah. Hopefully you fucking stuck around. Hopefully you go see this movie. If not in theaters, ooh, whenever it starts streaming, please turn all the lights out and pay attention and Watch, talk to me. Uh, I did not forget the rating on this film. I originally rated this film a three and a half stars, but the more that I talk about this film and think about it, I want to give it a four out of five stars. So for talk to me, I rate you a four out of five stars. I appreciate this movie and um, I hope everybody else does too. If you like it, let me know. If you love it, let me know. And if you don't fucking enjoy it, okay, let me know. Talk to y'all later. (laughs) Bye.